head coach Tommy Tupperville and I uh, have become quite quite friendly over the years. We uh, really met on a trip to overseas to go visit the troops when I was a head coach at that previous institution. And when you're going from country to country and visiting the troops with just five college coaches, you get to spend a lot of time with each other. And it was, I, I really enjoyed his company and um, have followed him, followed he and his career uh, fairly diligently since that time. Any particular memories you have of that trip with Tommy overseas? Yeah, we have a, there's, there's some that I won't say, but one, I'll tell you, I'll give you one really good one. You know, he was the head coach at Auburn. You know, they let him go, which was, which was a, probably one of their biggest mistakes ever. But, the, you know, the big, their big game is, is playing Alabama. You know, so every time we'd run into, you know, we ran into probably 15,000 troops in the time we were there. And any time somebody was uh, either an Alabama fan or an Auburn fan, he'd hold up the number six because it had been six times in a row that Auburn had beaten Alabama. So if somebody says, go t roll tight, he'd go. <laughs> he'd sit there and put up the six right there. It was awesome. It was, it was absolutely awesome. But, you know, you, you, we had, obviously we were on one of those air, these, the trip over there was awful. We were on one of these cargo planes that they threw some seats in that there was really no heat or no air conditioning. So it was either 100 degrees because they were piping in heat or it was 20 below zero. I mean, it was awful. And, but I mean, it was probably one of the greatest experiences of my life because, you know, in that time there, I saw more things and more spirit, more teamwork and more camaraderie, you know, than, than you ever could, ever could imagine. But, uh, I think that six with the Auburn Alabama thing that was you know that would crack me up every time I'd see him do it. and he probably did it about a thousand times in the time we were there when you have an Auburn coach who beats Alabama six times in a row and had an undefeated season in the at, at Auburn and, and he gets fired what does that say not just about sports but society maybe culture it, it it's it, it's a shame you know you know, this guy had won, look at this guy had won multiple 10 win seasons now. This is over and over and over again. One off season, you lose to Alabama, you're gone. I mean, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's something. But, you know, he's, he's, well, he's landed there and he's taken this team and now he's been there a few years and they're better on defense and they're, and they're good on offense and, you know, they're six and three. And I, you know, it, it was a tough loss last week to Texas. Because really, you know, you, you see the points right there. There were three big plays to number one. You know, that number one, that same guy, it was really three big plays to him. That's what the whole game was. Two for a touchdown and one down to the one-yard line. That was that was the game. You know, and a lot of it had to do with these, you know, the, you know these DBs that we talked about that were kind of being misplaced in the game. Tuberville, you kind of mentioned it, but he kind of has been back up and running after kind of a patch of uncertainty. When you look at his teams or just this team in general, does anything stand out that impresses you that something he does for a, for a team? Oh, well, I think the one thing he did, and then we've talked about it, you know, more than once now. Listen, like we're friends, so like we don't talk. <clears throat> he, he very similar to when I'm coming in here. You know, he had a game plan coming in. He said, "This is the way we're going to do it." And you know, when people, you know, people sometimes want it to happen faster. You want it to happen faster. 
just so you know, you wanted to have him faster too, but I think that he stuck by it. And, you know, just by looking how the, they always were scoring some points there. But the, now the defense is, you know, ranked in the top 20 in the country. You know, now, now all of a sudden he's got himself, you know, a more complete team than just one-sided one way or the other. And being that he's a defensive guy by trade, I'm sure that brings a smile to his face that they're playing much more stout on defense. Coincidence, or is that some of his SEC roots showing up here too? Uh, oh, I don't know. You know, you know, you, I, I just know that I'm just trying to. I watch what they do, and I'm trying to figure out what to do against them. That's, you know, I don't know theoretically what it would be. I just have a lot of respect for Tommy, and I, and on top of it, I like him. Only three games left on the schedule. I know we talked about wanting to get a road victory, wanting to get a Big 12 victory. I mean, are those goals still exactly the same right now, or is there anything you feel like you have to get done before the season's over in order to move forward? Well, I mean, the goals never change. You know, just like like your way of doing things, the goals don't change. Now, you add things to that list. You don't take things away from that list. For example, it would be nice if we played good for a whole game on on the road. That would be nice. It would be nice if, if the game were close at halftime. We showed up in the third quarter. That would that would be nice too. And you know, uh, you sit there. It isn't like it's in, it's important when you're doing that to say that you're not just putting it on the coaches on the players now. You're putting it on all of us right now. You know, we all need to do a better job. You know, when we're on the road and you know the last three games haven't. That's not the way it's gone. You know, then that that would be an add-on, not a subtraction. You know, you're still winning a game on the road, winning a conference game, winning a game on the road. You can knock off two of these things in, at one time, you know, if you go ahead and do it. But you have to add on the fact that I'm, you know, I'm very annoyed how last week went, and I'm not in the greatest of spirits. Is there anything that changes? Yeah, my spirit. My spirit has changed. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm not as nice this week as I've been. You know, so not that I'm ever, not that I'm ever nice. So, do you notice any changes in your team demeanor on the road? I mean, anything specific that? No, I think we our road schedule is is very well organized and and it's not a goof around period. And you know, it's uh, what I have. I've tweaked a couple things this week that I don't know. Uh, you know, I've already, you know, obviously spent a lot of time thinking about this. So I've tweaked some things. Going, that we're leaving earlier. We're going to the stadium to practice. I mean, there's. There's things that you know that I don't normally do that I'm doing this week because I'm you know I'm not going to stay I'm never going to stay status quo if it's not working I'm going to try something else so we're leaving earlier than we normally leave and we're we're going right on a bus we're going right to the stadium and we're going to get out there and we're going to go run around we're not just going to go uh, you know just 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 go there to take a look at the wonderful stadium they have there and we're going to go to the hotel we're going to go you know check in and get right to meetings and, and dinner and, and all that stuff and go to sleep and get up and get going. There won't be a lot of, there won't be a lot of time to think about it because before you, 11 o'clock kickoff happens, it happens quick. You mentioned the Tech's a little like Baylor offensively with their tempo and obviously you've seen a lot of that this year, but you know, having just experienced that and kind of been you know, torched by it a little bit, do you think that'll help you? This week because it's so fresh. Or? Well, thanks, thanks for the analogy there, Matt. I really, that's really uplifting. But uh, no, that's okay. You know, it is what it is, right? Yeah. But um, I think that no matter how 
how you practice, you can't simulate, even if you practice with two huddles so that you're going, they still have to look at cards to see what the play is to try to give you the best simulation. And they're not as good athletes as the guys that they're simulating. So still at the end of the day, you can give them the looks that they're going to go against, but not at the tempo. No matter what you do, you still, you still can't create the tempo and, and, and get the same look. You could do one or the other. You could either get the look or you can get tempo. You can run plays as fast as you want, but it's not going to look anything like, you know, what you're getting ready for. So I think that, you know, yeah, it's, it's a catch-22 there. But I think that they're having just played that tempo. I mean, you will, I think that there will be more plays where guys were, are more ready, more ready to go rather than just getting ready to go. I think they'll be more ready to go. Coach, you talked about game plan and how you will evaluate how much progress you've made. Do you do that during the season, or is that something that happens after the season that you look back and say, we did these things that we wanted to do and we didn't get this stuff? Well, what you do is you, 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 every week you study self-scout. Now, self-scouts, what, what formations we use and what plays we run in, what's working and what's not working. So you have a pretty good idea of what's happening, but in reality... When you're in the grind of the season, what you try to do is you try to find those things that you think you can go back to the well with over and over again and have some success with, and then find a different way of, of doing it so that it doesn't look exactly the same to the defense, even though you're doing the same thing. So, for example, we've been every week we've been handing the ball off to James Sims a whole bunch. We know it, they know it, but... You know, if you just run the exact same play the exact same way, you know, it's just not going to work. So you have to find, you know, different mechanisms to, you know, to create some space so that you can have success there. Coach, a former uh, player here uh, broke a record in Canada for most rushing yards in a single season. James, is a, James Sims has been playing well, but when he hears a story like that with a former player, his position playing well, can that motivate him to – I think the number one thing James is starting to do is he's starting to become more of a potential leader on the team. You know, because before he was just a he was just a ball carrier. You know, just you know, he just come and run plays. But now, when everyone kind of rallies around you, like the offensive line rallies around you, and everyone kind of rallies around you because you're the workhorse, you're the bell cow. I think that one of the things that I've talked to him and Reggie have talked to him about in the last few weeks as this has matriculated is about taking more of the onus of the responsibility of, you know, taking the team with them. Because obviously we're a run first team. That's that's no that's no big secret. And he's you know, and he's the main he's the main guy. So I think that what's really helping James is he's taken more of that leadership role on and I think it bodes well for both him and us as we go forward. Did you share that? I mean, I assume you heard that. Did you share that news with him or the running backs? To I, I think that Reggie, you know, Reggie is always the guy who, you know, kind of needles him with things like that. Well, yeah, you want to be him? Here's what he's doing. You know, Reggie does a very, very, very good job with, you know, keeping keeping the running backs and forming up to date. Running back Taylor Cox had a very productive game. I think 181 net yards total. 
Can you talk a little bit about his progression and what you saw from him last week? Well, Taylor is probably just as hard nose a runner as James is. You know, I think that we have one of those unusual situations where I've said multiple times that the stable of backs that we have led by James is is really, really good. And I think that I think that Taylor is somebody who could probably handle just as many carries as James has in the game, but I don't know how you could possibly, you know, possibly do that. You know, you know, I think that uh, I think that Taylor is going to get mo get more and more action as we go forward, and we trust him. You know, we trust him, and there's no, you know, the offensive line knows that when Taylor's in the game, you better look out because he's 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 only got one speed, and it's full. You know. That's, and even in practice, when he's running a play inside, if the offensive lineman's kind of a little bit high, they might get hit in the back by him because he's only the only speed he runs is full speed. When you're a senior with aspirations of getting drafted, how much harder is it when you play on a team that doesn't have a great record? I think that the draft has very little to do very little to do with the record. To be honest with you. Has to do with your ability. Those guys in the next at the next level get paid a lot of money to evaluate evaluate these players, and part of it is production, but part of it is you know, they workouts, and part of it is analysis, and you know, most players that go to play on Sunday don't make money in their first contract. Once you make a team, it's how you perform, and that's how you make your money. There's only a handful of guys that make big money in the NFL early, and they're the guys taken really early in the draft. So it really doesn't make that much of a difference if you get drafted in the fourth round or you're an undrafted free agent. If you end up making it and doing well, your next contract's usually where you end up making your money. The NFL guys are pretty good not only at evaluating the production of a player, but also maybe the talent around I mean, that player. Every, every, day, every day they're coming through. If they, if they didn't think anyone could play, it wouldn't be coming through. I mean, I'm sitting, I'm sitting out there talking to Joe Green. You know, he, I was all, yeah, yeah, you missed it. You know, I'm, I'm sitting at, you know, I'm sitting out there to talking to Joe Green because we know each other. You know, Tom missed that opportunity right there. He just walked by, figured I was talking to some bum. You know, you know, but you know, there you are, and he's there evaluating players for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I mean. And we, you know, every day the Ravens are in today. Who's the other team that's in today? The Ravens, the Steelers, and somebody. I forget who else was in. Who was it? Okay. So I mean, every day they come in because they're not coming in for just a, a courtesy of appearance in Lawrence. I mean, there's guys they're looking at. And when you look at one guy, let's say they're looking at Tanner. Well, when you see Tanner, you see the other senior offensive lineman at the same time. And if they're playing good, they'll get noticed. And if they're, getting, if they're playing bad, they'll get noticed. But they're going to get noticed either way. How do you balance developing uh, the players for next year and kind of finishing out the seniors this year? Well, I think the most important thing is on a weekly basis, you try to make sure that you're putting your team in a position where you, you believe is the best position to, to, to compete to win that game, no matter who you're playing. You never go into a game and say, "Well, we're not going to win this one, so let's just let's just play him." You know, you don't do that. Whoever, and, and a lot of times, it's not like what you've seen in a game. It might be what we've seen in practice. 
Like one guy might be tearing it up in practice, and the other guy who's playing ahead of him might have no production. So in a case like that, we say, well, why wouldn't we put him in? Let's see. Let's let's see what he does. You know. So, you know, I think that the most important thing is just go week by week and worry about just that week. I don't think you can worry about anything other than that week. Sunday is the most fun day of the entire week as far as practice goes. Okay, because Sunday is kind of a day where the guys who played that are practicing, okay, that played that are practicing kind of get it out of their system. And then the guys who don't play that are practicing get an opportunity to run our plays instead of running show team because it's just offense against defense. It isn't like any show team right now. So now, you know, you're going one-on-one, -on -one, you know, good against good, you know, with, you know, I think it's, it's a very competitive practice, you know, because there's no cards. There's no show team. It's, it's all fundamentals. Uh, it's, it, it's a whole bunch of time on fundamentals and techniques, and it's just offense against defense without cards. And you'd be surprised how much more fun I mean, let's say a guy like Justin McKay. Well, Justin McKay runs show team Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. You know, he, so he goes through our individuals and everything. So he does get fundamental and technical co coaching. But when it comes to offense, he's not with us. He's down there running show team. He's, he's got a jersey on running show team receiver. And a lot of you guys haven't figured it out yet. You go to practice. You why they have a different jersey? They're, they're wearing the jersey of the other team. That's why they're doing it. Okay, they're like a show team receiver. Okay, so that we don't even see him Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday halfway through practice. He's gone. He's on the defensive field. So now on Sunday, he gets his, his chance to shine. Now he's running every route we run. You know, and, and now, you know, it, it, it's an opportunity for us to all see him doing our stuff, not just doing what's on a card. We've talked about him a little bit, but uh, Jay Keats, how much could this year on the sideline benefit him in the future? Jake is very, very, very frustrated because, you know, he, he believes, you know, he's frustrated that he can't help. Okay, but why why he's frustrated that he can't help, um, there's there's two really things, two th really good things that are happening. A, okay, he's been able to learn the offense and obviously, if he were the quarterback, you'd tailor it more towards him. Uh, you know, if, if whoever the quarterback is, you'd tailor it more towards them. Okay, but he, he's learned the offense, and he's formed relationships with a lot of guys, especially guys that aren't the front-line guys that are, that are developing players because he spends a lot of time with them. I mean, he's the, he's the head guy down there on the show team. And let me tell you something. He's the show team player of the week every week. We never give it to him. But it isn't even close. Every week he's the guy. That poor defense. You think that they get uh, get uh, passes completed on them in the game? You should see this guy in practice. Okay. Well, that's good and bad, by the way. I just figured I'd throw that out there. But all I'm saying is he gets an opportunity. He has fun. In, he has fun in practice because he's just down there with, with all. The, he's with Justin McKay. And like if Justin does something wrong, I'll say, come on, Justin, get out of the break. You know, you know he, he's developing relationships with people that he could potentially play, uh, be be playing with if if he ends up being you know end up being a quarterback. And last but not least, he's really, really, really helps us in recruiting.
he's an uh, he's a he's a hidden gem in recruiting because all these guys that, that are being recruited all want all, you know all, all want you know want to know want to talk to him remember he can't call anyone because I can't give him somebody a telephone number and say hey can you call this recruit because it's NCA violation so you can't do that you know so thank God for the world of Facebook when people friend people and things like that that's how you know, in modern day technology, that all that all goes down. You mean a, a gem just in terms of saying? I mean, he's just he, they ask him anything they want. Yeah. We never tell him anything to say. And it's every time I talk to, I can't tell you how many recruits I talked to last night. It was a bunch. But I mean, almost everyone I say you know, say, yeah, I talked to Jake last week. Yeah, I talked to Jake last week. Yeah, I talked to Jake last week. Jake's wife must be mad at me right now because. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be stupid. Is that that's a good way to start? You know, you look at when the guys go on Twitter and uh, go on Twitter and say stupid things. I'm forced to say things to them. You know, and really, I mean, use some common sense. Use some common sense. The last thing I want to do. Look at. I don't even go on my kid's Facebook because I promised him I'd never go on his Facebook. But the last thing you want to do is go on somebody's Facebook and see 50 pictures of people getting drunk on, on, on Facebook. Now, how dumb is that? I mean, you just use common sense. I mean, that's, a, that's all, you know, that's all any, any parent would ask. Just use common sense. Now, when they don't use common sense, I then treat them like a little kid, just the way you would expect me to. And that does happen, you know, that, that truly does happen. Coach, you mentioned uh, Tommy Tuberville and, and the success he's had at different stops. Is, is there a common denominator among coaches that you know that have taken programs and kind of resurrected them? Is there, is there something about a coach that makes him good at, at taking a, a program and making it good? Well, he kind of grew under Coach Johnson, just like I grew under Parcells and Belichick. And I think then when you, when you coach under really, really good coaches, the, the one theme that everyone takes is do not – ever deviate from the course. In other words, you have to have a plan and you just gotta stick to it. And there's gonna be a lot of, you know, a lot of bumps in the road. But I think that just as long as you come in there and say, this is the way we're gonna do business. This is the way we're gonna fix the problems. And and we gotta just stay focused and stay that way. That's one of the reasons why I was talking to so many recruits last night. And I'm gonna do it again tonight. Okay, because you're, you're, you're one in eight. Now, well, I mean, and I was so fired up. I had a great time in recruiting last night. I said, I can't wait to get you here when we start smacking these people. You know, you, you, they love to hear that stuff. You know, I had a lot of gas in my tank last night. But that's part of that's part of this job. Part of this job. See, you guys see one element. You see the business, very matter of fact. You know, just answer the questions. You know, believe it or not, I actually have a personality. I know it's tough for, for you to imagine, okay? And it's not just sarcasm and obnoxiousness. I actually do have a personality. And they see it, you know, a lot more than you would see it because you don't let it out very often. You know, because every time you do, you're on the latest line. You know, they're, they're right in what stupid thing you said today. 
sarcasm and obnoxiousness? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, can't, I can't pull back from that. But then I blame it on my parents. You know, I said I grew up in New Jersey. It's their fault. If I would have grown up, so if I would have grown up in Lawrence, I probably wouldn't be that way. But I didn't. I, you know, so that's that's where they settled. It's their fault. <laughs> that's an easy one. Do you have much of an update about back home? I mean, it's a disaster. I mean, and every you know, you hear people say how bad it is. It's that bad. I mean, my brother still doesn't have power. My mother, she still doesn't have power. Coach Allen's dad still doesn't have power. This is way afterwards now. My mother's staying with my sister. My my one brother's told the other brother, why don't you come and stay with us? And now he says, well, now it's getting cold. We got fireplaces, but we got no heat. I mean, I mean, it's, and then remember now, Jersey Shore, when you saw those pictures and you saw Belmar and you saw Manasquan and you saw Point Pleasant, that's one, that's, that's 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 where I'm from. You know, I met I met my wife in Manasquan. That's one of the places you're seeing. She was living in Belmar. That was one of the places you were seeing. Uh, we have a lot of friends at Point Pleasant. We have friends that own the Point Pleasant Boardwalk that right now doesn't exist. I mean, it's 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 bad. And then you know, there's you know, you don't want to get into name dropping, but you guys know that I'm friends with you know couples. This the singer guy here just had a benefit there and he went up and down the Jersey Shore and he said the Jersey Shore as we know it does not exist I mean, that's a strong statement and if you think about it I mean you know I've been uh, I've been following it as much as I possibly can trying to you know reach reach some people make sure they're okay but everyone's okay everyone I know is okay physically they're okay but I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of damage and that's it's gonna take a long long time to repair all that stuff a long time One more football question. Do you, do you oh, we're back to football. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good place to end. Yeah, that would have been. I thought it was. I thought it was. That was definitely it. But you know, go ahead, stick it in there. One more, Matt. Go I'm ahead. Wondering this, and do you do you, th you kind of talked about you know Tony getting back out there and taking the hit and what he said to Charlie Jr. and all that. Do you, have you been and as soon as that happens, I think that, you know, it'll be night and day. You know, I think that what what happens is, you know, you you can't bend it that much and you got this brace to protect it, but it, it, then you end up playing, you don't only carry the ball in one hand, you don't carry it in the other. I think that, I think that this week's about the week that, you know, we, we get past that stage. That was a personnel question, not a football question. No one plays it anymore because it's all nickel and dime. You know, how many times you see defenses play four three anymore with all the multiple wide receiver sets in there? Not very often. Oh, he's a great guy. Now. <laughs> Uh, he might not have been such a great guy when he was younger, but now, you know, uh, yeah, he's a he's a good guy, a good guy, a great player, but a, a great guy too.